Well, listeners, it is again good to be with you on this Friday. Um, Peter, as uh, we kind of head towards the end of the year, have you guys at Pretoria North Baptist Church had your carol service yet? No, this coming Sunday, Sunday evening. Okay, well now I want to give people the opportunity to kind of pitch their carol services to the world via radio. Uh, And so now is the time, uh, listeners, to write down onto WhatsApp or to write down onto Facebook or to call into studio uh, and tell us about what you're looking forward to in terms of carol services, in terms of being together with other believers, remembering the birth of Jesus Christ and his great work uh, which he came to this world to do. You can do so by calling into our studio line. It is O one two three three four one three two two or you could send a WhatsApp, you could send a voice note, you could write a message. The WhatsApp number is O eight two six five seven two seven two nine. If you're a twit you can tweet on at six five seven AM um engaging on Twitter again <laughs> quite enjoying it. It definitely is a, a little bit more of a vogue a verbose area mm. for engagement and conversation around a, a number of topics um, I've been enjoying that over the last couple of weeks um, and you can drop a comment onto our live stream currently that is on the Facebook page Radio Pulpit Radio Console we are looking forward to hearing about your carol services or your Bible Q&A's But make a pitch now for why people should consider coming to the Pretoria North Christmas, Pretoria North Baptist Church Christmas Carol Service. Give us the when, give us the where, and give us the why. Yeah, so at uh, this Sunday evening, uh, 6 o'clock at Pretoria North Baptist Church, we're going to have our annual carols uh, service, carols ceremony, where we just sing songs, hymns, Christmas songs containing good, deep theology, reminding us about who Jesus is, who God is, what He has come to do for us, and the promises that we hold on to. Uh, please come. You're going to enjoy it. Pastor, Pastor Jogs, uh, excellent singer. He, he's <laughs> oh, really, really? Good. Yeah, no, okay. he's, a, he's a brilliant singer, um, a good instrumentalist. And also, we, uh, as a church, you know, like many churches, we've got many issues, but having uh, having talented talented musicians isn't one of our problems. That's <laughs> so, really cool. Yeah, and and every year this time of the year, we there's some tables set up down the aisle between the chairs, and then different people from the church. Normally, the uh, some of the ladies in the church each adopt a table, and they just decorate it with yeah. like some built small towns, like with <laughs> lights and yeah. Christmas themed. Yeah, um, you know, build and other just decorate with lights and flowers so it's just also visually very pretty and spectacular now now I want to talk about a couple of things Peter uh, as you were talking uh, I was thinking one is this idea of you know tables Christmas themes light uh, I want to talk about nostalgia mm. and the importance of this time of year and, and why we celebrate Christmas at all um, and maybe some of the complexities in terms of not knowing when Jesus was actually born but being pretty certain it wasn't the 25th of mm. December maybe we can just engage a little bit about that um, and then I also want to engage a little bit about what you you said in terms of theologically rich 
carols. That that these carols that we sing are theologically rich. They they they're important. Um, they're important to introduce our family to, especially our young children. Hmm. Uh, and maybe we can just talk a little bit about why. Well, the the hymns or the carols are so crucial because. I think the I think firstly what I want to say is some of these hymns and carols we hear them so much I I think this is almost the only time of the year where you walk into any secular environment and hear Christian songs being played <laughs> because people tend not to listen to the words anymore they just like the melody it's become familiar like silent night but many of these songs contain such profound truths about the Bible written in a way that is very poetic and easy to remember, easy to understand, easy to sing along, that even children can not only enjoy them but grasp them. Uh, with my with my three-year-old girl, I've learned that the best way to teach her the Bible is through songs. Yes. Singing songs with her, learning new songs together, making up our own songs um, the children love them, and obviously, I, I think it's, children, children yeah. really do. So, I mean, I've got I've got three children. I've got a nineteen-year-old and a seventeen-year-old who are very well disciplined in church. They they're two girls. They've always been quite well behaved, <laughs> and and under under my thumb. And then I've got a ten-year-old son. Now, boys are different. Mm. They re- they really are different. He he has this ability to irritate his mom and dad because he will he will he will stand he will cross his, his arms for a start when he stands next to me um, I, I, on a Sunday while the singing's happening. Now Penrith don't cross their arms. You don't cross your arms in worship. <laughs> you stand at attention and you sing loudly. Or, or he'll mumble. Anyway, so I'm, I'm constantly correcting him. But here's what's interesting. Whilst he doesn't visibly, he doesn't always visibly want to be seen worshipping in church in this corporate environment, and that's a heart issue hmm. that we're working with him on. But when we get home during the week, he sings loudly um, the hymns <laughs> that he has learned at church. And so don't underestimate yes. the, the, the value of exposing even your children when young uh, to corporate worship. They, mm. they pick up and, and memorize. In fact, I mean, that's one of the reasons why hymnology is with us. Um, mm. Isaac Watts, who is the great hymnologist, hymns existed before Isaac Watts, but, but Isaac Watts came on the church scene hundreds of years ago, and he kind of, he just wrote, he was a prolific hymn writer and he wrote some of the, the hymns that we sing to this day and um, but one of the reasons why he did it was he noticed that the people around him um as they were working were singing um you know you would mm. have kind of like sailor chants that we that we see tiktok videos about nowadays yeah. <laughs> and um and the seamstresses as they were seeming i don't know what seamstresses do they sew or whatever um they, they were they were singing these these repetitive kind of um um uh, chants and he was like well hang on we can redeem mm. that music and uh we can we can add theologically rich um content to it and that would be good for people memorizing both scripture and theology and isaac started writing and 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 in reality uh, I mean we have this wealth of hymnology which which comes out of that Watts era and comes even to today I think of some of the the great writers the Gettys and Stuart mm. Townend and Bob Calflin and uh, City of Light a stable Sovereign Grace and and others the, the Shane and Shane uh, I mean the bottom line is we, we've got great modern day Hymnologists. I, I don't think that's a real word. I might have just made it, it up. Should but, be. but people that are that are writing good 
rich theological content, putting it to music in ways that can be corporately sung, our kids pick it up because in reality that's what it was created for. It was mm. created for memory. It was created um, to have a catchy tune mm. uh, which would play in your head. Definitely. And, and one of the fascinating things for me about what Isaac Watts did and also you know, persons like John Wesley is a lot of times they would take rhythms or, or melodies that yes. would be sung in pubs. Because it was catchy (laughs) and they would write Christian lyrics to those catchy melodies because it was just so fun and joyous to sing. Uh, On that note, I just there's a there's a great resource that I recently discovered. Well, not recently, maybe two or three months ago. Uh, It's it's uh, they have a YouTube channel. They're they're on Spotify and iTunes. They're called Slugs and Bugs. Yeah. Now I know it's a very silly name. How does this relate to him? (laughs) What what they do is they write the most amazing songs about Bible verses. Ah, yes. Okay. For children. Yes. But it's the music isn't childlike at all. Yes. The lyrics is is so engaging. Slugs and bugs. Yeah, it's yeah, it's. I, I, I can I can offer another one that I've also listened to, and that's Seeds of Faith. Oh um, yes, and yes. they put they put um, scripture um, to song, and I mean I even as I'm even as I'm talking about them, I've got some of the some of the songs going in my head. Excellent, excellent stuff. No, definitely. Like with our trip now recently to Polokwane and back, that will that's what we played in the car. <laughs> Eventually. Our daughter is asleep and then later she put on headphones and she's watching Dora or something and my wife and I we're just listening to Slugs and Bugs it's so good the music is good the scripture is good I love it excellent great great referral Uh, when we're talking uh, you mentioned Wesley as well Um, Isaac Watts was alive in the 1600s Uh, some of the hymns that have carried through uh, to our present days when I survey the wondrous cross um, our God uh, 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 our God, our help in ages past, um, and then the Christmas favorite in terms of a benediction song, Joy to the World, mm, um, are sure. all uh, Isaac Watts songs. Um, John Wesley, who is also a bygone preacher, um, he wrote hymns such as A Love Divine, All Loves Excelling, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Um, in, in fact, I mean, Wesley just wrote mm. uh, incredible, incredible hymns. He was a, a, a blessing to the church a Methodist minister all of that to say that hymns and the singing of songs is important um, it's, I, I'm going to give you another application before we bring this back to Christmas um, um, but but I, you know, pastoring folk, uh, you pastor folk at all stages of life, um, um, kind of like tongue in cheek. Pastors might say hatchings, matchings, and dispatchings. You know, <laughs> hatchings being uh, at people's birth, uh, matchings being at people's marriages, and dispatchings being at people's funerals. But pastoring the souls of men through all of life, I've I've often pastored people at the point of death or near the point of death. And it never ceases to amaze me at, at those who are strongest in faith and who face death with a relative fearlessness. Um, you know, that, that final enemy death is, is always a challenge to faith, uh, to, to, to faith and to face um, for, for anyone. But those who face death in the boldness that comes from the person of Jesus Christ almost always face death 
with a hymn sure. um, on their tongue or in their mind or asking me to sing a hymn to them. I've I've sat at bedsides and sung How Deep the Father's Love to Us. I've sung um, In Christ Alone. I've sung um, ancient hymns when I survey the wondrous cross and uh, um, To God Be the Glory and, and, and Amazing Grace, you know, and, and other hymns that, that people, when they are at a, at a point of needing to be consoled are consoling themselves on the theology which they know which they appropriated um, through hymns and through singing um, singing being a, a corporate function it's something that we do together and it and it it does bring great comfort um, when you do so in, in close proximity to a person who really needs to be bolstered um, at a time of deep trial now Chris Christmas hymns are a little bit different to other hymns. Um, Christmas hymns are obviously more often than not focused on on the birth of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, on prophecies related to his birth, once in royal David's city, um, on the events around his birth, the singing of angels, hark the herald angels sing, um, on on matters around his birth, and, and sometimes his whole life, you know, even to the point of his death. I think of We Three Kings of Orient Eye, Myrrh is mine, a, a bitter perfume. I think that's Myrrh is mine, a bitter perfume. Um, but, but, but often focused on this babe of Bethlehem who is the incarnate God, Emmanuel, God with us. The richness of the hymns as they come to us over this Christmas season, um, I truly believe are worth dwelling on. Um, it's, it's, it's not quite, you know, I'm a low church Baptist, right? We're not known for mysticism or ritual, um, but there is something... Um, uh, I, I, I don't even know how to explain this without without using the word ritual. As each year, um, this this time, this 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 moment in time, this December period, this Advent, for lack of a better word, comes around, and we return again to the birth of Jesus Christ, the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Again, we get to gaze upon our Savior and remember this this mystery of God with us, and then dwell even as we look upon that babe and consider that babe in our mind's eye dwell upon the reality that he came for a reason and a purpose and that was to be jesus savior to be christ messiah and to be yahweh our lord that that jesus comes into this world not to just live a good life and teach people things um, but he comes as Emmanuel, God with us. Um, there, there, there is something special about December. It's not just about mince pies and rest and re- and relaxing and a Boxing Day test. Um, it's more than that. It's, it's there, there's intrinsic beauty um, in again remembering the person of Christ. Definitely, and one of the amazing things about this time of the year this season that we're going in as you already mentioned it's not that we 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 are holding firmly to the this belief that jesus was born on the 25th but it's that we are commemorating we are remembering in essence the humility of god that god made uh, brought himself to be born of a uh, to be born a human to be born a baby boy the creator the one who keeps everything who sustains everything 
was lying in a manger at one point in human history. Yes. Uh, that it reminds me of, of what Paul writes in Philippians 2 where, where Christ humbled himself, humiliated yeah. himself yes. by taking on the form of a man. Yes. Um, t- taking on the form of a servant, that the Greek word doulos, slave. Yeah. He, it, this season, this time of the year, there's so much to celebrate. But one of the things that I'm very often reminded of is our God is truly the first and the last in everything, even in humility. Yeah. yeah I mean, just talking about this, this remembering uh, Jesus, we, we often romanticize the birth of Jesus down to a hallmark card. You know, we, we think of a manger with <laughs> incorrectly three wise men around it and, and shepherds and a star brightly shining over this, this kind of ridiculous shed in Bethlehem, all of which is, is, is really an incorrect portrayal of, of what really happened. Um, those three wise men, uh, they came from afar. It would have taken them years uh, to reach uh, Bethlehem in terms of the chronology. Um, the the star which they saw, they saw at the beginning of their trip, and uh, that supernatural event guided them um, to Bethlehem. But but probably wasn't shining um, as low as what Hallmark cards present. Um, but those Hallmark cards kind of kind of entrench in our minds this idea of silent night the reality is it would not have been a silent night mary gave birth to a boy she would have been um in great pain um and travail uh, as the child was born um we can read about that in genesis chapter 3 uh, in terms of the greatly increased pains during childbirth um, um, and all the realities that come with childbirth that I'm not going to go into detail with but that let the listener understand um, that the reality is it wouldn't have been such a silent night um, it wouldn't have been in that little barn that we see in the Hallmark cards in all likelihood it would have been in a cave a grotto um, a, a place where animals were kept um, could possibly have been in a lower story of a house where animals were kept but certainly not clean and tidy and up to five star B&B standards um, in South Africa. The the reality is a, a very different experience than one which which we which we veneer our Christmas season with sometimes and even breaking through that veneer is important for our children if they to grasp that this baby in a manger didn't just come for love and joy and peace but came ultimately to die for the sins of man and to pay the price that God demanded uh, that, and to die as a substitute that we might be saved and um, so to break through some of the commercialization and some of the the secularization um, of this Christmas season is important for parents to do and that is best done, friends, as you take your child to church. Because at church you will get to sing the 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 songs which are being played um in every single um shopping mall at this stage. You're gonna listen to a lot of is it BZN? Hey? Um Pum so. uh, Pum Pum. Um <laughs> little little boy with drummer. the with the drummer boy and 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 such you're going to be listening to a lot of that and Mariah Carey's uh, um, Christmas album and Pentonics and and a couple of others that uh, shopping malls seem to love you're going to be listening to that and you might fall into the trap of believing that that's what Christmas is about it's about the gift the size of the box the si- the color of the wrapping paper the color of what you put on your table this year are you going with a green theme or a gold theme or 
silver theme or you know whatever's in vogue in 2022 and don't fall into the trap of believing that that's what Christmas is about it's not about a turkey or gammon or um, tongue or whatever you traditionally eat on your Christmas table no Christmas is about the person and the work of Jesus Christ and if you go to a good Bible teaching church for a Christmas carol service this um, year uh, you will expose your children to the true message of Christmas the, 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 the babe that comes into this world comes uh, as a gift from God um, to take away the sins of man any closing thoughts on that particular topic? Yeah, I'm. I'm thankful that you that you mentioned the the harsh, also the harsh reality of why Jesus God had to be born is to to carry eventually to carry the sins of all those who would believe on him because very they try to extract a moral of the story. Yeah, the moral being we need to be a gift to people or something like <laughs> yes, that right yes. and and those things are good yeah. not, we don't want to diminish those beautiful values and virtues but ultimately jesus came to be savior yeah. he had to be born apart from the the original sin the line of adam lived a sinless perfect life never once sinned in word thought or deed in order that he could on the cross carry our sins the punishment of our sins on himself he had no sins of his own to be punished for therefore he could bear the punishment for all the sins of those who would trust in him and then as with any transaction as any substitute those who now then trust in christ they get the perfect righteousness of his life you know second corinthians five twenty one. Uh, for god made jesus who knew no sin to be sin so that in jesus we might become the righteousness of god now, we mentioned this earlier in the show, and uh, I want to underline it again. In fact, uh, a listener writes in, um, he wasn't born in December. It's a pagan holiday. Worship him in spirit and in truth. And I, I want to affirm that. that. That is 100% certain. Uh, the truth is we don't know when Jesus was born. The likelihood is, uh, the great likelihood is it wasn't December um, in terms of uh, what we understand from the Christmas narrative um, from uh, the New Testament in terms of where the shepherds were and, and, and uh, out with their flocks. Um, it doesn't make sense in terms of the the, the timing, um, and so it's correct to question mark the 25th of December. Uh, that's the day that it's traditionally celebrated, um, but by no by no means. I mean, we're a Bible show, yeah. By no means are we trying to make a case for the mm. 25th of December um, being. Um, the birth of Christ however this is a time of year where from my perspective if I had to answer the question as to why I'm encouraging people to go to um, carol services um, it is the time of the year that the world associates with the birth of Christ and as the church now is a great opportunity both to bust um, uh, myths such as the 25th of December but also um, to present Jesus Christ who he actually is he is not an excuse to um, spend more money over this time of year and drive consumer debt and consumer 
um, as spending. Um, Jesus Christ is is not an excuse just for families to get together, although it's wonderful that we do get together, and it's even wonderful that we get to share gifts. Um, Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, and now is a great time of year um, to proclaim that. Thanks for the point, though. Um, it is well taken. A couple of other comments, even before we take a break, just a very short break as we go to uh, some music and get an opportunity to refresh our, our throats. Um, Brenda says, uh, morning Mark and Peter Shout out to my good friend Peter on the show this morning I joined only a few moments ago So I'm not too sure if the question has been asked But on the topic of hymns What's your favorite hymn? Your favorite Christmas hymn? Sure uh, Favorite Christmas hymn yeah, That's a difficult one um, I, I love Noel Yes It's a beautiful song to sing in a congregation Yes <laughs> uh, So I, I, I'd say that one Also I know it's a bit cliche But I, I also love Silent Night <laughs> Okay It's also a beautiful one Yeah so. Hey, no judgment yeah. <laughs> so um, Brenda uh, uh, Sorry, Brendan uh, I'm going to tell you what my favorite uh, I've got a brand new hymn uh, uh, You know, it's only a few years old It was written by Bob Coughlin Sung by Sovereign Grace um, O Come All He Unfaithful um, It is an arresting um, an arresting heading uh, a song title rather than O Come All Ye Faithful O Come All Ye Unfaithful um, it's great for corporate singing um, it is rich in theology and I love it as a compliment to the other hymns that are sung um, over this period so we've got a couple of new song, uh, new hymns that we'll be singing um, over this period and, uh, and, and that'll be one of them that's sung um, the whole way through December O Come All Ye Unfaithful Faithful, um, which is a, a twist mm. on a traditional Christmas hymn, O Come All He Faithful. Uh, Glenn says, uh, hello, listening in on radio. Um, and then a uh, comment from um, Teresa. I'm trying to find it here, Teresa. Teresa says, by the way, we have Christmas carols at our church. And his church is... Um, Crystal Park Baptist Church. Uh, that's in Benoni. Crystal Park Baptist Church, Benoni at 5 p.m. Tomorrow, so tomorrow at five p.m. So tomorrow is Saturday, and that would be Saturday, the third of December at five p.m. Uh, Christmas carols at um, uh, uh, Crystal Park Baptist Church in uh, Benoni. Um, I know the worship team. <laughs> At Crystal Park Baptist Church Benoni well and I can tell you if you go to that carol service it will be excellent um, I have no doubt that you will be well fed with both singing and the word can I encourage you as we come to the top of the hour um, if you are planning on going to a carol service or if you are hosting a carol service or if your church is involved with a carol service do please jot it down into the show notes on Facebook or send us a WhatsApp or call in um, via telephone we are looking at giving some exposure to some of the carol services that will be happening over the December period um, I will give you those information as soon as we come back from a short break we're going to be listening to a song Live On Forever by The Afters looking forward to chatting to you a little later well friends it is it's really good to be with you thank you so much for joining us this Friday uh, the first Friday in Dece- I love Decembers uh, I really do um, I love the way that the world starts to slow down the way that you start to get a little bit more time in your diary um, 
the way that you get to spend some time with family um, often and uh, engaging and catching up before people go on holidays. I love holidays. Everybody loves holidays. <laughs> um, and, and I love the nostalgia of being together with family. You know, often um, in, in our day and age, families are far apart. Um, all of my close family is down in Port Elizabeth. Um, I, I love this time of year that we will be able to drive down. I love driving. Um, we'll be able to drive down take the slow route I love taking the non-toll routes uh, uh, taking as long as possible I drive my wife nuts she wants to get there as quickly as possible I always want to go and see a damn wall that we haven't seen before or go and have um, our our breakfast and our lunch on the side of the road at one of those you know, you know places where people stop and have boiled eggs the way that I did when I was a kid um, I love all of that kind of stuff about Chris I love the the Boxing Day Test. I love watching uh, Five Day Test series. So mm. uh, this time of year, <laughs> I enjoyed that whole process. Um, I, I love everything about December. But but one of the things that I love the most about December is this opportunity to focus on the person of Jesus Christ. I love Jesus. I love the fact that my Savior came into this world to die for my sins. I, I love the fact that he lived a life. Um, uh, a sinless life, uh, and that he 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 was yeah flesh and blood amongst us, tabernacled amongst that uh, us. I, I I just I love this time of year, reflecting on that and thinking back on that. Um, in the first half of the show, we've been talking about uh, Christmas, we've been talking about uh, Christmas carols, and we have been talking about Christmas services. Looking forward to engaging and interacting and hearing from you in terms of the many different Christmas services and Christmas carol services that will be happening all through our country over the next uh, couple of weeks. Um, If you are involved or if you would like to tell us about a Christmas service, a Christmas carol service in particular that's going to be happening, you can tell us on the following channels. You can phone into studio. Our telephone number is 012-334-1322. You can drop us a comment on Facebook. I'll be engaging with some of those Facebook comments shortly. Thank you for that. Our Facebook page is Radio Pulpit, Radio Console. You can send voice notes, and we've got a couple of voice notes that have come in to 082-657-2222. 2729 and if you're a twit you can tweet on at 657am however you engage with us thank you so much for interacting with this show it is a bible Q&A show you're welcome to ask your questions I do have a couple that have come in that we will be engaging with over the next while Um, and so thank you for all the ways that you interact uh, with us you certainly make this an interesting show and the first half of the show we spoke about our favorite Christmas carols I mentioned a Christmas carol oh come all you unfaithful I put it into the comments section of the um, uh, of the live stream on Facebook you're welcome to go and check that out um, listen to it after the show and uh, and tell me what you think I'd be interested to get your feedback um, Janice says uh, good morning Pastor Mark and guest table talk my question what will we do in heaven from Janice in Cartonville uh, Janice we will come to that shortly thank you so much for sending it in Teresa I see your questions thank you we will be checking that out um, very 
very shortly, Raphael says, confess that Jesus is the Lord of glory and the Savior of men and that he died on the cross that we might be saved. Whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Amen and amen. Um, we're going to listen to a voice note from Jennifer. Um, I see there that Glenn does say that Christian Family Church is presenting the birth of a king. Uh, three days left on the 4th of December at 5 p.m. That'll be on uh, Chris, uh, not on Chris, that'll be on Sunday evening. Um, and it's a modern nativity play for the whole family. Um, uh, J, J Deep, I see your comments along with Minaj. Um, we're going to listen to a voice note from Sue van der Berg. Um, and uh, I do see your pre-note, uh, Grace. Thank you for sending it in. Um, lastly, let's get to a question that was asked right at the beginning of the show, and we've been uh, waffling on a number of other things. Uh, it comes in from Teresa. Um, Teresa has three questions. We're going to probably de- have time to deal with two of them before we advance to other questions, Teresa. So the first one is Colossians and Ephesians says, We should all sing. And we don't see any form of prohibition. So does that mean that it's biblical for women to lead in worship? Or is that seen as exercising authority in the church? Thank you so much, uh, Teresa. I'm going to assume, you didn't give the the actual quotes, but I'm going to assume that you're talking about Ephesians 5.19 and Colossians 3.16 on this one. Uh, I'm going to read those two verses out. Um, Ephesians 5.19 says that we are to address one another in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Colossians, uh, along the same line, says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So, Teresa, I know you love God's word. I know you spend a lot of time in God's word. Um, I know that you engage uh, with excellent questions on the show. However, if those are the two verses that you are um, that you're bringing to the fall in terms of Ephesians and Colossians, let me just say I don't think they are the best to appeal to in terms of women leading in worship or women not leading in worship, because the main point that Paul is trying to make in both Ephesians and and in Colossians um, is to do with the content of our singing rather than the mechanism or method of our singing if that makes sense um, and so in Ephesians we get this uh, the, the this try um, types of songs that we're to sing uh, psalms, hymns and spiritual songs obviously psalms can be hymns and psalms can be spiritual songs but it certainly seems that there's a differentiation here between psalms uh, which are direct Directly from the book of Psalms in the Old Testament, a songbook of praise to God, uh, hymns which are theologically rich content uh, sung in a melodic format, and spiritual songs uh, which are often a little bit lighter, um, both in terms of their theological content uh, and in terms of a differentiation of rhythm. Um, uh, but maybe three different types of um, songs rather than the method that the songs are to be employed. 
And of course, those three types of songs, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God, is saying how we're to sing rather than um, the, the actual mechanisms, like can we use instrumentation, or must this be men, or must this be women, how must this work exactly? Um, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, either on those verses, um, color in something <laughs> that I've said? Or? No, I think you I think you were quite uh, comprehensive. Well, uh, I, I, Teresa, I'm going to your first question now. Seeing that 1 Corinthians does not permit simultaneous prayers, should we also apply that principle even in our homes and other gatherings? Or would you say that simultaneous prayers are actually biblically outside of the church? Well, in order to answer that one well, uh, Teresa, I'm going to turn us to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It is a great chapter. Let me just say, even as an opening gambit before we kind of engage on 1 Corinthians 14 in this matter of simultaneous prayer, that 1 Corinthians 14 must be read together with the whole book of Corinthians. The whole book of Corinthians, um, Paul is addressing a number of questions that have been posed to him on a, on a wide range of topics, including the Lord's table, including meat offered to idols, and in this case, specifically spiritual gifts and how we are to conduct ourselves within the context of the worship service, which is something that he's been speaking about even from chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians when he speaks about uh, the Eucharist and communion and participation in the Lord's table. And then in particular in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So that's the first part uh, is read 1 Corinthians 14 together with the whole book. The second part is read 1 Corinthians chapter 14 in particular with 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13. 13 and 14. 12, 13 and 14 are dealing in specific with spiritual gifts, the gift of speaking in tongues, the gift of prophecy, um, and the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it deals, it's the most comprehensive, um, systematic that we have in all of Scripture, um, dealing with the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And so I'd encourage you to read 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14 as a unit. They definitely go as a unit. Now, as we come to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, you're looking at particularly, um, I would imagine, uh, from verse 26 through to verse 33, a very, very important portion of Scripture. This has to be read in connection with the whole chapter 14, where it begins by this conversation of speaking in tongues and, and really ends this, this whole idea of speaking in tongues um, uh, with this idea that everything must be done for edification. That's the common thread the whole way through chapter 14, edification for the building up of the church. That is the reason why God gives gifts, including the miraculous gift of speaking in tongues, which is languages known to men. That seems to be Paul's point uh, in 1 Corinthians 14. Languages known to men in ways that men can understand them. That seems to be what Paul is saying over and over again as we go through chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. And then we get to verse 26 of 1 Corinthians and we read the following. What then, brothers, when you come together... Each one has a hymn, a lesson, a, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. If any speak in a tongue, let there only be two or at most three and each in turn. And if some, and let someone interpret. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak and let 
the others weigh what is said. If a revelation is made uh, to another sitting there, let the first be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one, so that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. As in all the churches of the saints, the women should keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission, as the law also says. If if there is anything they desire to learn, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. Or was it from you that the word of God came? Or are you the only ones it has reached? If anyone thinks he is a prophet or spiritual, he should acknowledge that the things I am writing to you are a command of the Lord. If anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. So, my brothers, earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues but all things should be done decently and in order now i read that entire section so that we could have at least a bit of context because we don't have time to read all three chapters but maybe just to make the point here all things and this seems to be paul's ending statement and really his main point as he thinks of how our worship services are to be run all things should be done decently and in order and then in particular in terms of both speaking in tongues as well as in terms of prophesying he's saying listen yeah these things should be done one at a time so that all can learn and be encouraged if everyone is just going at it and the whole church is praying simultaneously or speaking in tongues simultaneously or prophesying simultaneously you're not going to hear anything it's just going to be a pointless exercise one at a time that god might be glorified why because God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. Let the listener understand. <laughs> Peter, anything to add? Yeah, definitely. I, the, there's a lot of freedom and liberty in how how churches and denominations want to arrange their order of service. Yes. But I think that should be the focus is order. Yes. Not order for order's sake, because it's not as if there's, the order is in itself virtuous, but the order is a means to an end and the end is the edification of the saints and the glorification of God I mean on a preference side I prefer a service which is relatively free spirited you know kind of like it kind of flows isn't rigid and completely controlled I'm a, I'm a Baptist and so that makes a whole lot of sense so we're not governed by liturgy per se um, uh, well no we're not governed by liturgy full stop um, h- however um, even in a non-liturgical church and by liturgy I mean my Anglican cousins my Anglican brothers and sisters they'll have a prayer book you know you start on page 104 because um, I come from an Anglican background you start on page 104 and, and there are very specific um, a, a very specific order of service specific things get said at a specific time and they always get said in the same kind of way and the church responds in the same kind of way um, I, I can see some of the value of that um, and some of the reasons why the church tended in that direction um, but for myself I, I'm non-liturgical uh, by conviction but that doesn't mean that I don't bind to order there's still a general order in the way that we do things um, uh, there still needs to be order because we serve a God of order and so these things should be done decently now Teresa asks specifically seeing that 1 Corinthians chapter 14 does not permit simultaneous prayers should we also and by the way he might be appealing earlier in the chapter where it talks about 
um, uh, uh, um, tongues and just kind of like if everything is happening at the same time and there's not a clear bugle if there's not a clear uh, conversation between merchants uh, at the dockyard um, then who's going to understand anything that's happening um, but the point here is that um, seeing that 1 Corinthians 14 does not permit simultaneous prayer should we also apply that principle even in our homes and other gatherings or would you say that simultaneous prayers are actually biblical outside of the church that is a great question to so I don't know if I've actually thought through that myself intensely I'm going to take a stab at, at, at what I do believe because yesterday I was thinking through, I think you and I were on the same Facebook thread for a while, mm. I was thinking through um, the Lord's Day and particularly what the Westminster Larger Catechism had to say about the Lord's Day. I went back and read the Baptist Catechism as well um, in terms of what people from bygone ages held to and, and what uh, in terms of catechisms I'm trying to uh, promote in some ways uh, in my own areas of influence Um, and so I was thinking of the Lord's Day and thinking that there are certain things which are particular to the Lord's Day Um, so the Lord's Day is to be I I believe in a regulative principle um, in terms of an approach to the Lord's Day we do what we see in God's word and so we read the word we preach the word we sing the word we see the word in the ordinances and baptism we give towards the promotion of the word and we pray the word Um, and those are the elements of our regulated worship service because we see that in scripture I do think that there is quite a lot of freedom um, in terms of how we engage and interact with God outside of that Lord's Day service however at the same time just because we're outside of the Lord's Day service God doesn't stop being a God of order and so whenever we engage with anything um, whether that be in prayer whether that be in praise outside of Lord's Day services I think we ought to still be in many ways or uh, uh, certainly consider what scripture has to say about whatever we are doing and participating in and so I'd be very careful to do anything that scripture doesn't explicitly condone um, uh, and I would be very careful to do all the things that scripture um, explicitly uh, encourages yeah any thoughts for yourself I'd, I'd ask a question in response to that question is by what is meant by people praying at the same time in church for example you know if it's referring to two people with microphone each saying a prayer out loud definitely yeah that's confusion <laughs> yeah but if it's you know if it's breaking up it's let's say into groups you know yes. your 10 groups and each person in a group is praying you have 10 prayers in parallel sure but that's not causing the confusion that paul has envisioned here and i think it's the same in your home i mean what would the benefit be to our family if around the table my wife and i start aloud reciting a prayer to god yes uh, no one's going to benefit we're going to stumble over each other's words but you know if my wife and I pray separately with each of the children things like that you know just to 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 make that point of clarification it's not we're not saying you're not allowed like there's a strict limitation a bandwidth of one prayer per service at the the time you know it's, it's it's about the order it's about how helpful 
this form of worship, which is prayer now, is to to those who are listening. So, so look, I I went to a I went to a, let's say interdenominational Christian gathering a few weeks ago. It was it was hosted by a missions organization. Actually, because I'm going to speak about it quite positively, so I'll tell you the missions organization. It was Operation Mobilization. We have a number of of people from Operation Mobilization within the context of our local church. I got invited to go to a a pre summit for a particular group of of countries um just above uh, well sub sahara uh, not sub saharan africa but actually in that saharan belt um across the african uh, uh kind of midrift anyway the point is that we offered various different prayers over maybe a two-hour period and i would encourage if you ever invited to go to an operation mobilization pre-meeting go it was so encouraging we heard testimonies from different people um in different um uh, in different countries uh, we 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 prayed for specific prayer requests for those particular countries it, it was a it really was a wonderful time now there was some variety in terms of the way that prayers were offered in order to you know it was a long period of time and you, you know you want to keep people going and so sometimes prayers were made one person praying at a time in a large group of people other times we split up into groups of maybe up to 10 people and we and we prayed one at a time in those 10 in those 10 people other times we split up into just twos and prayed one at a time in those twos there was a time when prayers were offered by everyone in the room now by personal conviction I don't pray like that and my wife was sitting next to me and I can hear her um, so at that time I prayed silently um, while, while many people were praying um, because by conviction that isn't what I see in scripture and so I'm careful not to do it um, but at the same time I can tell you that it was fervent prayer it was God glorifying and focused prayer I wouldn't encourage that as being a mechanism for prayer going forward myself um, but but I do understand that different Christians come to different understandings on this point, and I want to be sensitive, you know, mm. to them and and love my brothers that 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 might understand this particular point differently. I certainly walked away super encouraged after praying for salvation uh, in countries for uh, a, a number of hours. I, I'll go back to the next one and and enjoy it and uh, and and participate uh, as best as I can. And I would encourage any listeners if you get invite uh, to come and join us um, we're going to play a couple of voice notes now um, uh, we're going to start with this first one which comes in from Sue morning Mark and Peter you know when we used to go to church years ago when I was younger which was like over 20 years ago you used to have Christmas carols like nearly every Sunday but Christian Christmas carols not this jingle bells and all this which the shops play and in KZN, you, they're not allowed to play even the secular carols. And it, worship brings you closer to Christ. So songs like Mary, Did You Know, Yes, Away in a Manger, those are more for children to excite them for Christmas. But it's nice when you hear Christmas carols. You feel closer to the Lord. I would love to hear them throughout the year because they're so joyous. Well, thank you so much uh, for the comment. Really appreciate it. And uh, you, you know, I, I I know that there's a couple of pastors that I'm I'm in close contact with. I think of uh, 
Chris Woolley from Midrand Chapel in particular. Um, he's a big advocate for singing Christmas carols all year long. And the reason why he's an advocate for singing Christmas carols all year long is because he does. He wants to focus on the incarnational reality of Jesus Christ all years long, uh, all years long, all year long. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we, we we sing songs that are traditionally associated with, for instance, Easter. We don't just you know sing those over Easter. We sing them all year long because we remember the death of Jesus Christ as a substitute for our sins all year long. And so, why not Christmas carols? Um, I agree with the sentiment that uh, that's spoken about there, and let me also say I, I do I, I love you know well look I'm not the greatest shopper and um, my wife is very good to me she pretty much does all of our shopping, but on the occasion that I get to a boardwalk down in Port Elizabeth or to a waterfront in Cape Town or to a um, I don't know um, Menlin over this period and these Christmas carols going in the background I. I I enjoy it. My, my foot taps along and, and it does lift my spirit. I don't spend more money because um, I, I, I think that's probably the motivation of the of the shopping malls. Um, but but uh, but I do enjoy the sentiment over this time of year. Definitely. There should be no annual limitation on good songs with good theology that we sing as worship. You should listen to them in our car. Uh, when you go to the gym <laughs> when you go to the shopping malls there shouldn't be no limitation to those songs uh, I, I I would encourage uh, if you can get to a good Bible church and join in a Christmas celebration over this period I, I'd encourage you to do so that you might expose your own heart and that of your family and your friends um, to the person of Jesus Christ and maybe actually now would be a great time to hook into Christmas Day so Christmas Day is celebrated on the 25th of December friends this year it is a Sunday I just want to encourage you to go to church <laughs> don't miss church on Christmas Day because um, you need to put a lamb in the oven or get the gammon off the weeber or whatever it might be um, yes cook a great Christmas lunch and spend it with family and friends but go to church first um, and I imagine that many churches will accommodate the realities of, um, of of it being Christmas and will have earlier services I know for instance Central Baptist Church um, will have services on Christmas morning at 9am at both campuses, normally one campus is 8.30 and the other campus is 10.30 um, but on Christmas day we'll have both of our services at 9am in order to accommodate you know moms that need to get home and, and you know put the chicken in the oven or whatever I, I don't know get the mint sauce ready or whatever goes into preparing all the great fodder that we eat on the day um, but, but, but do go to church on Christmas day because it is a wonderful celebration of who Jesus is because if any pastor worth, worth his salt will be preaching the gospel message loud and clear knowing that there will be visitors in the service that don't normally get to church except for the fact that it is Christmas Day and so I uh, please encourage you to also invite family and friends to go along with you uh, on Christmas people will be uh, will be enthusiastic to go to church on Christmas Day because they associate uh, Christmas Day with church they 
enjoy the carols and the celebration that goes along with it and so don't miss the opportunity of inviting your next door neighbor or that family friend that you have wanted to invite to church all year long and haven't yet gotten the time now is the moment to invite them so they've, they've got a little bit of a run up and they can plan their day around church uh, and join you for church uh, on Christmas definitely any excuse that we can have to gather and meet with the saints should be taken I, I have a very good friend that has this strong conviction or had I think at least at about the 25th of December that because of that these pagan roots that we, we shouldn't go to church and I just I told him listen even if you know that's secondary you have an opportunity to worship God go and worship God go and join the saints in worshiping God we should be taking any and every excuse to worship God together you know I think that's that's one of the things that I love about Christmas services this time of year is I just I love Jesus I love singing his praise and often you'll go to a Christmas carol service and people will sing because they know the songs uh, they are familiar and they enjoy mm. the robust singing this time of year and I love to be found um, in the worship of the saints he has another voice note for us to listen to Peter oh hang on I think we got a little technical glitch. Let's give it a Pastor shot. Pastor Mark, you mentioned earlier some songs, and what stand out for me is this one: How deep the Father's love for me. I think for us in this time of celebrating. How deep the Father's love was for us faulty sinners, the ransom price he paid. Yeah. Well, thank you so much uh, for that voice note, Jennifer. Really appreciate it. And, um, you know, the, those words are very special to me. I, I've. Um, Without giving the explicit details, I've I've recently been at the bedside of a person who's who's really not well, and um, and they were in grave pain, and asked if I would sing, um, and I don't have the greatest voice. I I used to have a great I used to have a great voice when I was a kid. I was in the Eastern Province Children's Choir. Um, I was quite well trained, and then my voice broke, and uh, it never really recovered. Um, but the song that I sang was How Deep the Father's Love for Us. Listen to these lyrics. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss the Father turns his face away, as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. And then, a, and then a verse which focuses on the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and, and really brings it to the fall. Behold the man upon a cross, my sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. And then a, a closing verse of, of really victory which flows out of the cross. I will not boast in anything, no gifts, no power, no wisdom. 
but I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. It, it, it's just a, it, it's unbelievably beautiful lyrics by Stuart Townend. Um, unbelievably beautiful lyrics. The kind of lyrics that you want to commit to memory, the kind of lyrics you want to sing when the going gets tough. And it will get tough because we live in a fallen world. We live in a broken world. Um, I think of a a new hymn that I've really enjoyed. I, I can't remember if it was last year, this year, or the year before, but a, a hymn by a guy called Andrew Peterson, um, He Is, um, which starts off with a, a series of questions um, to, uh, to those who are singing the song. Uh, do you feel the world is broken? And to that, the congregation replies, I do. Um, just this this reality that we live in a fallen world. The going will get tough for you. It doesn't matter if you're flying high now in your 20s or 30s <laughs> or if you're facing the realities of uh, 40s and 50s um, or the real difficulties of 60s and 70s. The going will get tough. Friend, when the going gets tough, make sure that you have... Um, associated your mind and your soul and your heart with the kinds of hymns which will which will stand you good stead in difficult times and that might mean just brushing up on your christmas hymns which are wonderful hymns to contemplate um the person of jesus christ uh, or easter hymns uh, that reflect on the death of christ um or glorious hymns like and and can it be that i should gain an interest in my savior's blood that sounds like a wesleyan hymn um make sure that you associate your soul with good lyrics songs good biblical songs are so important and and it's one of the things that really ever is evidence of the fact that we were created in the image of god is that we love by nature things that are beautiful we we love beautiful stories we love beautiful poetry we love beautiful songs which the old testament is filled with all three of those yes and it's such a it's such a testimony to to the, to the image of God that is that that each of us have, and that is why songs are so crucial. I've, we have one hundred and fifty chapter, chapters. We have one hundred and fifty psalms that all that that contain a mixture of songs of praise, songs that uh, the, the the writer sings or, or recites to himself when he is you know down in the dumps, for yes. lack of a better word. And, Psalm forty two. Yes, and. And what you mentioned now, Mark, really reminds me of what Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, where mm. he says, know your creator in the days of your youth before yes. the evil day comes. Yes. You know, before, yep. and specifically in that context, the evil day is referring to the day when as you get older, your body gets frail and ill and difficulties of life get their toll on you. Yes. And that's why we should know God before those days comes, uh, before those days come, because when that day is upon you, when the trial is upon you, it's preparation is too late. Now you have to endure the trial. But knowing about these beautiful songs, these beautiful Bible passages, these beautiful poems, n- memorizing them now, singing them now, preparing your heart now, when the difficult day comes, 
not only can we endure the suffering, but as Paul writes in Philippians, we rejoice then in the suffering. Yes, uh, ab- absolutely. Um, we have another voice note. Let me uh, go across to it and uh, hit the play button. Um, and it comes in from Aina. Morning, morning, all the children of God. I can just close my eyes and I can fantasize and I can see on Christmas Day how Jesus looks down on us, on us people on earth and he can see each and every one of us. What are we doing? How are we celebrating? How how awesome it is to know that a God can look down on us and be so proud of the way we celebrate. All the praises to Him, and we thank Him. We thank for the, we thank Him for the cross. We thank Him that He took all our sins upon Him, and He's looking down on us this Christmas, and every day, and want to be proud of us. Shalom. Well, shalom to you too. Peace, peace, peace to you too. Uh, you, you raise um, a couple of things there that are, are worthy of raising. Uh, the, one is this this idea of of Jesus looking down on us and being proud. Um, but maybe just to kind of rephrase the words that God is pleased to accept our worship. And he's pleased to accept our worship because it comes through the person of Jesus Christ and in the power of the Spirit. Um, friends, make no mistake, when we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate a time when everything changes, uh, kind of like the game change in the history of the world. Uh, if it wasn't for the person of Jesus Christ, God would not be pleased to accept our worship because our, our worship would would be sin-tainted. Um, the book of Isaiah says even the good works, uh, even our good works are are, are like rubbish. They're, they're like polluted garments um, before, the, before the Lord. Um, and yet precisely because Jesus came into this world and redeemed for, him peop- uh, for himself a people of praise, um, we can sing praises to God and know that he is pleased to accept our worship. I, I love that point. The other point that I want to make though is that Jesus isn't just up in heaven looking down on us. The whole point of Christmas is that Jesus came into this world incarnate by the Virgin Mary, took on flesh according to Philippians chapter 2. Um, it took on the likeness of man so that he is he has an indivisible nature, fully God and fully man. That, that of Jesus, it can truly be attributed to him, that title, Emmanuel, which means, which is translated God with us. Um, you, you might read, if you read, uh, I think it's the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible, um, or certainly the Net Bible, the, 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 the Net Bible, which you can find online, I think it's just netbible.com or .org. Um, the Net Bible um, it really gets that word Emmanuel right. It's a quote from Isaiah chapter 7, I think verse 2. And in, in Isaiah 7, um, we read of 
of this this name Emmanuel the virgin shall be with uh, shall shall give birth to a child and he shall be called Emmanuel and it's spelt with an e um uh, because it's 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 hebrew it, it it encapsulates this idea of the future messiah being god being a representation mm-hmm. of god and god with us in the new testament in matthew chapter 22 and i think it's verse 23 um we have this verse quoted and attributed directly to Jesus Christ who has been presented as Jesus which really is the word where we get Jehovah or Yahweh and um, it's the idea of God and particularly that God saves from the Old Testament uh, name um, uh, Joshua and um, Jesus is is God saves um, Christ being Messiah and now to this babe born in Bethlehem this 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 Jesus Christ Jesus Messiah we get this great title of God attributed um, and now it's Emmanuel with an I in the net version and in the Christian Standard Bible um, an I Emmanuel because it's translated into Greek um, for our benefit because Jesus isn't just a Jewish savior who came to save a small nation of Semitic people um, in the Middle East. No, Jesus came to save people just like you, Peter, um, just like me, um, English and Afrikaans and Zulu and Kosa uh, uh, speaking and, uh, and, and Khoi and, and every tribe and nation and tongue from under earth, our Emmanuel, God with us. And that's the most amazing thing with Jesus is he's not just a prophet, God to us. Um, no, Jesus is God like us in human flesh, and he is God with us, tabernacling in with us. Um, and even in Revelation chapter 22, just this idea of, of, of God presencing himself with his people once again forever and ever. One of the things that I, I love oh, about... By the way, that's my sermon for Sunday. <laughs> so, so I'll be preaching at the Hill this Sunday, uh, which is in Zwavelput, um at uh, Central Baptist Church. And I'm going to be preaching from Matthew chapter 2 and uh, just verse 21 and 22, 23. Uh, there's about uh, this idea of, um, of God to us being the prophetic, um, God like us being the virgin shall be with child, and God with us being Emmanuel. Uh, yeah. I love that short trailer Thank you <laughs> One of the, the things I, I love about the show And in specific I think this morning's show Is how it's always focused On Jesus Christ uh, That the, the whole Bible <laughs> If we read yes. about what Jesus says In Luke chapter 24 Is that all scripture is about him Everything is about him Revelation chapter 4 Everything exists because of his will. Uh, who is worthy to open the seal? Only Jesus is. Uh, he is the one. He's called faithful and true. Will return to to bring in the new heavens and the new earth. And these hymns that we're talking about, this time of the year, I think it's such a blessing in God's common grace to us as Christians, but also to all people, that now more than ever, people are Christ conscience our neighbors are and it wouldn't be strange for you now during this time of season to to send your neighbor a message and telling them about Jesus it's it's almost as if they uh, would expect it and they really cannot be angry at you because of this time of season uh, it's it's such a in, in God's grace in his common grace this is the perfect season for us to be always 
mindful and reminded of our Lord Jesus and also to use this opportunity to remind others of the reality that they need Christ they don't just need him as an accessory or something that needs to be attached to their lives but without Christ as John says in John 3:36, without Christ the wrath of God remains on them yes. they need Jesus in order to be reconciled with God without Christ they can no there can be no true joy without Christ there can be no life in abundance without Christ there's no hope Ah, Peter thanks for that and and so true Um, this time of year God willing many sermons uh, around the topic of uh, John 3.16 but John 3.16 cannot be understood um, apart from John 3.36 that the wrath of God abides on those who do not believe Um, we, we've been talking a lot about Christmas. Maybe in closing, we've got a, a, a great question here in closing. Um, what will heaven be like, Peter? To, to sum it up in just a single phrase, heaven is about God. It's about Jesus. But for us, what will it be like for us? Is heaven will be joyful. Heaven yes. will be glorious. Yes. And because of that first reason, because it is about God, Heaven, as I mentioned it in a previous uh, broadcast as well, heaven will be true reality. Everything that you can enjoy in this world because of the presence of Christ, because of the presence of God, will be able to enjoy in, in full essence, in, in full reality in heaven because of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Jewel, Jewel James in his small uh, booklet, uh, What Will Heaven Be Like, that you can get for free on their website, gracefellowship, gracefellowship.co.za. What will heaven be like? One of the points he made is, he, he said heaven will be loud, but uh, because we will be singing the yes. praises of God. and Peals of singing yeah. uh, as as nations erupt in praise to God. Christ. And then he says, if, if if loud, if you don't like loud, don't worry. God's going to change you. You're going to be glorified. You're, you're, yeah, yeah. you're not only going to love it, you will be participating in the praise of God with every tribe, every nation, every tongue, every type of person singing the praise of the Lamb. And heaven will be pure. It will be holy. It will be full of love. There will be no sun because God will be the light to the nations. Yes. It's about God. <coughs> Excuse me. So when when I think of what heaven will be like, um, often we've got these pictures uh, in Scripture of like the throne of God, an emerald sea before Him, and seraphim, and uh, this great throne, and uh, the Lamb. Uh, we've got pictures of uh, of of the New Jerusalem descending, this huge cube <laughs> that, that descends onto the world, just absolutely massive upon massive. Uh, I, I mean, we've got so many pictures of heaven and and yet i would i would encourage people not to dwell on on these kind of like benefits of being in heaven such as you know cities paved with gold mm-hmm. and uh and banquets and and kind of just the amazing things which which scripture hints at but the main thing about heaven will be the presence of Jesus Christ and the fact that without any sin, we will stand before him and praise him for all eternity. Heaven will be about Jesus. Just like um, <laughs> uh, Friday mornings is about Jesus and just like the Bible is all about Jesus, so too heaven is going to be about Jesus. If you love Jesus in this world, friend, you are in for a wonderful eternity because for eternity you will be 
praising him learning about him and um, getting to know him in ever increasing ways and glorifying him in ways that you couldn't even glorify him in this world um, because you'll be in sinless perfection um, for those of you who like to sing but aren't very good at singing restored voices glorified mm. voices that that Jesus is pleased to accept your glory and your praise and um, for those of you who who struggle to remember um, scripture memorization in this world because your brain is a little bit slow in heaven there's a perfect copy of God's word which is preserved for all eternity you're going to have plenty of time to learn God's word and memorize God's word and praise God's word back to him um, the bottom line is heaven is going to be a, is going to be an amazing place filled with glory and grace but the greatest thing about heaven will be we will get to see our Savior's face. And for that, I, I can't wait. I mm. can't wait. Friends, we, we're coming to the end of our, our show this morning. Uh, each week as we kind of play out, uh, re- we remember a couple of things. Uh, we remember um, and pray for all the elders and the deacons who are holding the line at local churches all over our country, particularly in December as we go into kind of what can be a very busy season for pastors, um, both pastorally dealing with folk that have struggled through 2022 and all of that comes to bear and comes um, uh, uh, this time of year uh, also don't forget people get sick there's deaths this time of year the pastoral challenges of December can be great and so we do pray for pastors and deacons who hold the line in local churches but also to our missionaries who serve in foreign fields folk who are South Africans sent out by South African churches but who are serving in nations all around the world um, maybe even off the back of this a great opportunity to contact your pastor find out who are the 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 mission that your church is supporting um, and send them a, a note send them a voice note from South Africa telling them that you're praying for them uh, if you can send them a, a, a box of goodies including Mrs. Ball's chutney and, and knickknacks or whatever they like um, uh, remember missionaries who are serving in foreign fields this time of year uh, praise for and much respect goes to first responders all over our country our our police, our defense force who work tirelessly uh, to dispense justice in our country, our firefighters, our paramedics, our nation's nurses and medical personnel, our, our teachers as they collate and correlate um, uh, marking and get the last marking done before the end of the year as well as correctional facility officers who face great challenges over this uh, period of the year. Friends you have been listening to Table Talk with me your host Mark together with uh, my good friend Peter. We're going to be going to news shortly. We'll be playing out a song in the meantime. Hark the Herald Angels Sing by Jeremy Camp Um, until next week Uh, do walk wisely do live holy and do testify zealously God bless